In the news today, you're hearing a lot about Iran, ISIS, and the nation of Israel. What is the connection between these three, and is there a connection with Bible prophecy? Well, that's what we're going to take a look at today here on Evidence and Answers. First, let's take a look at perhaps the biggest and the major player there in the Middle East, the nation of Iran. You are hearing a lot about Iran today, especially in light of the fact that the U.S. wants to allow Iran to develop nuclear technology and that the Russians have been a close ally with Iran in helping them not only militarily but develop their nuclear technology as well. Let me give you a brief overview of the nation of Iran. Iran today has the largest population of the Middle Eastern nations with about 75 million people and today has the largest military force. Iran is primarily a Shiite country. Remember in Islam there are two major divisions in Islam. The Sunnis, which represent about 80% of the Islamic world, and the Shiites, which represent about 15% of the Islamic world. Iran and Iraq, they're primarily Shiite countries. And the Sunnis and the Shiites have been at war with each other since the death of Muhammad. So for about 1,200 years, these two factions in Islam have been at war. Each, the Sunnis see the Shiites as an apostate group and the Shiites see the Sunnis as an apostate group as well. So the two have been at war for over a millennia. Now, the eschatology of the Islamic world plays a key part in understanding their attitude towards the West and towards the nation of Israel. One of the beliefs in Islam is the return of the Mahdi or their awaited savior who will one day arise and lead the Islamic armies to war against the infidel armies of the West and bring in the golden age of Islam. Former president of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, who is a Shiite, had a strong belief in the 12th Imam and that he will return when war breaks out with the infidel army of the West. Now the term the Mahdi or Al-Mahdi means Lord of the Age or Awaited Savior. This is the title given to the 12th Imam. And his name is believed to be Muhammad al-Muntazar, which means Muhammad, the awaited one. Now, according to the story, al-Muntazar was born in 868 AD in Iraq, in the city of Samarra. You may have heard of that city during the Iraq War, in the city of Samarra. It's an important city for the Shiite Muslims. It is believed that he appeared briefly at the funeral for his father. He said the prayer and then shortly after the funeral in 874 AD, he went into hiding in a well there in Samarra, Iraq in 874 AD and has been in hiding there in the well for over a millennia. It is believed that one day he shall arise from that well 
and lead the Islamic armies to war and bring in the golden age of Islam. Leaders like Ahmadinejad believe it is their mission to pave the way for the rise of the Mahdi. Well, what prevents the Mahdi from arising from the well? Well, many Muslims believe it is the existence of the nation of Israel and the infidel armies, particularly the United States in the Middle East lands of Israel, in Saudi Arabia, and in Iraq. In Iraq, there are many sacred sites of Islam, and Samara is one of them. If you understand Islamic eschatology, you can understand why there is such strong sentiment against the United States and Israel. And there is a strong desire to see the destruction of America and Israel. For many believe that that is what prevents the Mahdi from arising to bring in the golden age of Islam. Iran's present leader, Hassan Rouhani, he is a Western-educated man and he claims to be more moderate and willing to talk with the United States. However, recent actions and the speeches that he has made recently really puts his statement into question. But despite who the leader of Iran may be, the political leader, despite who the president may be, one thing we understand that Islam is a theocracy. In other words, the religious head is also the political leader of the nation. And Iran is led by its religious leader. Presently, their religious leader is Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. And really, it is he and the religious leaders of Iran who really run that country. Now, it has been well known for decades that Iran has been a major leader in the spread of radical Islam. Ali Ansari, an expert on the history and politics of Iran, writes in his book Confronting Iran. He writes this, Iran is not simply a problem, it's the problem. It's not just a member of the axis of evil, but the founding member, the chief sponsor of state terrorism, or to use a more recent characterization, the central banker for terrorism. The U.S. News and World Report stated, Iran today is the mother of terrorism. Tehran openly provides funding, training, and weapons to the world's worst terrorists. These include Hezbollah, Hamas, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. And it has a cozy relationship with Al-Qaeda. Just recently, in a letter dated June 2015, United States Intelligence Chief James Clapper stated this, Iran remains the foremost state sponsor of terrorism and is increasing its ability to influence regional crisis and conduct terrorism. He also stated this has been the consistent view of the intelligence community for more than three decades. Now, being the major superpower there in the Middle East, Iran is exerting its influence throughout the Middle East. And here are several places where we know Iran is trying to exert their influence. First, we know that Iran has been trying to influence the outcome of things there in Iraq. With the United States withdrawing from Iraq, Iran now fills the gap and seeks to influence the outcome of this nation. We knew that many of the terrorists and insurgents in Iraq, while the United States were there, came from the nation of Iran. And Iran seeks to influence countries 
with Shiite majorities to establish a Shiite-led regime led by the nation of Iran. Since the United States withdrawal in 2011, Iran and Iraq have grown closer in their alliance against the United States. Now, one of the key leaders in Iraq is Muqtada al-Sadr. He is a Shiite. He is the leader of the Mahdi army in southern Iraq. He is an ally of Iran and hid there during the United States invasion of Iraq. Now, with the help of Iran, he seeks, to he seeks control of Iraq and further the cause of the 12th Imam's return. He views the United States occupation of Iraq as an attempt to prevent the return of the Mahdi. And so Iran has exerted a strong influence in the nation of Iraq. However, there is a powerful group there in Iraq now opposing Iran, and it is the group ISIS. And we'll talk about them in just a few moments. But another nation Iran exerts tremendous amount of influence in is the nation of Syria. Syria has been called Iran's closest ally, and Iran has been a longtime supporter of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. And Iran has been aiding Assad's regime during this time of civil war. And they have strongly warned the United States and its allies not to attack Syria and have gained the support of many Middle Eastern nations. Now, along with Syria, there is the nation of Lebanon, which also stands as an ally and has a strong relationship with Syria and the nation of Iran. Other countries of interest to Iran are to the south, Bahrain, Oman, Qatar, and Yemen. And these countries are of great interest to us because they have a strategic location, which I will talk about, but also, there's a strong United States presence in these countries. So, uprisings there could also affect the United States presence there in the Middle East. And the ability for the United States to protect the key channels in which oil from the Middle East flows to the West. The Persian Gulf, and from the Persian Gulf, you must go through the Straits of Hormuz there in order to get oil to the west. And when you're coming out of the Red Sea, you need to go through the Gulf of Aden. And these are the key, two of the three key choke points which supply oil to Asia and the west. And if Iran can control these countries, they can control two out of the three key choke points in which oil comes to the west. So these are key countries, and it's very reasonable to see why Iran would want to exert control over these nations. Now, a country you're hearing a lot about in the news now is Yemen, the tiny country of Yemen. What is the significance of this country? Well, if you remember just last year on September 14th, President Obama praised Yemen as a success story in the fight against terrorism. Well, since his announcement there, the situation has quickly unraveled. In July of 2014, Saudi Arabia withdrew from Yemen to deal with the crisis of ISIS in Iraq. As a result of their departure, the Houthi rebels, seeing the void, capitalized on the withdrawal of the Saudi troops and took over the government. The current president, Abed Rabo Mansur Hadi, 
had to flee the country as a result of the civil war. Now, the Houthis are allied with military units loyal to the former president, Ali Abdullah Saleh. Now, although Hadi is Yemen's internationally recognized leader, he was forced to flee the capital and later fled the country as the Houthis advanced toward the stronghold of Aden last month. Since then, a Saudi-led coalition began conducting airstrikes on the rebel Houthi positions as of March 26. And President Hadi is now in Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia. Now, the key players there in Yemen, and I'll tell you in a little bit why this is a strategic country that we should be aware of. But let me tell you the key players to help you try and get an overview of what's going on in the country today. First, we have the Houthis. They are a Shiite tribal group seeking autonomy. They're about 30% of Yemen's population. Now, the rebel leader, Abdul Malik al-Houthi, demanded a greater share of power for his people. He wants a change in the members framing a new constitution for the nation, which was begun in January of 2015. The Houthi militia played a major role in the 2011 uprising that led to the resignation of then-president Abdullah Saleh. They have a very strong anti-American, anti-Israeli agenda. Their slogan is, God is great, death to Israel, death to America, damnation to the Jews, victory for Islam. Now, the Yemeni government is led by Sunni leaders. Remember, the Sunnis and the Shiites have been at war for over a millennia. And the Sunni leaders there are supported by the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the monarchies of the Gulf Corporation. And so the Houthis, being Shiites, naturally despise the Sunni leaders. And because they are supported by the United States and other Sunni nations like the Saudis and other monarchies of the Gulf Corporation, there is a hostility that has been there for decades. Now, another group that is in there is ISIS, which I'll explain more to you about as to who they are. ISIS, we know, is in Syria and Iraq, but they see an opening amidst the chaos there in Yemen and is looking to establish a foothold there in Yemen. Wherever you see Al-Qaeda, you'll probably see ISIS attempt to undermine or take over Al-Qaeda territory. Al-Qaeda and ISIS are not allies here. They oppose one another. The terrorist group ISIS are Sunnis, and although the Houthis are Shiites, they have a common hate of Saudi Arabia, the United States, and Israel. The fourth major player there is Al-Qaeda in the Arab Peninsula. Now, the U.S. intelligence considers Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula the most dangerous and active branch of Al-Qaeda today. In 2010, Al-Qaeda seized territory in Yemen, but a massive U.S. operation thwarted the attack. With the collapse of the Yemeni security forces, Al-Qaeda is now in battle with the Houthi rebels for control of Yemen. And, of course, another major player here is our good friend, the country of Iran. According to USA News & World Report, Iran has been a longtime supporter 
of the Houthi rebels in Yemen, supporting them with arms, training, and financing. Secretary of State John Kerry told PBS NewsHour in April of 2015 that Iran has sent a number of flights every single week to Yemen with supplies for the Houthis. Remember, the Houthis are Shiite Muslims, as are most Iranians. Yemen's government has been dominated by Sunni Muslims and has been supported by Sunni nations such as Saudi Arabia and Egypt. In October of 2009, Yemen's navy seized an Iranian ship loaded with anti-tank weapons off its northwest coast in the Red Sea. Five Iranians and one Indian aboard the ship were weapons experts sent to Yemen to replace other Iranians injured while fighting alongside Houthi rebels. So you can see how for many years Iran has supported the Houthi rebels in their attempt to overthrow the Yemeni government. In 2013, two years ago, the United States Navy intercepted an Iranian cargo ship carrying Chinese-made anti-craft missiles heading to Yemen. Just this past April, nine Iranian ships suspected of carrying arms to the Houthi rebels turned back to Iran after being shadowed by U.S. warships. And later in April, Iran has seized a cargo ship from the Marshall Islands in the Straits of Hormuz, which leads to the Persian Gulf because they were flying an American flag. Now, Yemen seems like a tiny little insignificant country. What is the importance of this country? Well, Yemen is on the southeast end of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula there. The country of Yemen has been the home of Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. The United States has viewed Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula as the global terrorist network's most dangerous branch, and they're based there in Yemen. This group is linked to numerous attempts to attack the United States, including the 2009 attempt to down a U.S.-bound jetliner by the infamous underwear bomber. And in 2010, Yemen was stopped in their attempt of trying to ship bombs concealed in printer cartridges. Nearly two-thirds of the remaining 120 detainees at Guantanamo Bay come from the nation of Yemen. Hadi's government has been a partner in the war against al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, and Obama praised Yemen as a terrorism success story in September of 2014, but we can see the situation has quickly unraveled. Now, Yemen has a strategic location. Oil from Saudi Arabia must go south down the Red Sea. And to go into the Arabian Ocean, they have to go through the Gulf of Aden. Well, the Gulf of Aden is controlled by the country of Yemen. So the Gulf of Aden is one of three what we call choke points, where oil is exported from the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia, to Asia and the West. Nations there in the Red Sea must either go through the Suez Canal, controlled by Egypt up north, or through the Gulf of Aden, down south, in order to get oil to Asia and the West. So if Iran can control the country of Yemen, that would give them control of one of three major choke points of oil that goes from the Middle East 
to Asia. Now, the Houthis in Yemen are allied with Iran, and if they take over the government, it gives Iran further control in the Arabian Peninsula. Iran, remember, is the most powerful nation there in the Middle East right now and seeking to control her neighbors to the west, Syria, Lebanon, and if they can gain a strong foothold in Iraq, it would give Iran control from the Persian Gulf all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. Controlling Yemen gives Iran access to the Gulf of Aden and the Arabian Sea. If Iran takes control of Yemen, they would control the Gulf of Aden and the Straits of Hormuz, two out of the three choke points of oil shipping from the Middle East to Asia and the West. The Straits of Hormuz, they are south of the Persian Gulf. And Iran, of course, sits north of the Persian Gulf. And so if they were able to control the Straits of Hormuz and the Gulf of Aden, they control two out of the three choke points from which oil flows to Asia and the Middle East. Yemen is south of Saudi Arabia. They are the southern neighbors of Saudi Arabia. And Iran is to the north of Saudi Arabia. And this would sandwich Saudi Arabia, making her more vulnerable to Iranian attacks. So if Iran controls Yemen, then Saudi Arabia is sandwiched right in between Iran to the north and Yemen to the south. So if Iran controls the nation of Yemen and some of the smaller countries around there, now take a look at the situation. Iran controls the Middle East from the Persian Gulf. If they can control Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon, would give them control from the Persian Gulf all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. And then if they can control Yemen and the other countries to the south of Saudi Arabia, that would give Iran control all the way down south to the Gulf of Aden, all the way to the Arabian Sea. And so you can see the strategic importance of nations like Yemen and the influence and control it would give the nation of Iran. Also, Yemen is of strategic importance to the United States. The U.S. drone campaign against Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula was stationed there in the country of Yemen. However, the base, Al-Anad Air Base, from which drone campaigns were launched against Al-Qaeda, has been overrun by the Houthi rebels. For over a decade, the CIA and Joint Special Operations Command, working with the Yemeni counterterrorism units, launched attacks against Al-Qaeda from that position there in Yemen. But now this operation is in disarray. So that's a brief overview of Iran. So we should be very understanding the sentiment of Iran and the policies of Iran against the United States and Israel. And now we are in negotiations with them allowing them to develop their nuclear technology. That, I would question the wisdom of the leadership of this country in allowing a nation like Iran that has been so hostile to the United States and to our ally Israel in allowing them to develop nuclear technology. It has been clear that their desire has been to destroy the nation of Israel and bring destruction to the United States. And so allowing them to develop their nuclear technology, I would really question the wisdom of the administration there. 
So Iran is a major force there in the Middle East and one that we need to be careful of. Now that's a brief overview of Iran. When we're back together again next time, we're going to talk about ISIS and the nation of Israel and is there a biblical connection here to Bible prophecy. So join us again next time here on Evidence and Answers as we begin to unravel more of what's going on in the Middle East and its ties to Bible prophecy. Be sure to join us next time for the conclusion of Pat's teaching on Iran, ISIS, and Israel. We hope you enjoyed Pat's teaching. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, click on the Donate button on the lower right-hand side of our homepage. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available for you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.